This is the MLW Radio Network. Now, I am Mike Freeland. As always, I'm joined by the legendary man known as The Rip. Richard, it's good to see you, my friend. How you been? Could be better. Hopefully, this, this cold holds out. I get over it. And uh, we're back to our regular schedule program. You chewing the gum? What are you, what are you doing there? Good God. The Ricolas. Yes, are good. Is that the is that the uh, commercial with those guys, those creepy guys in the field? And woo, woo, woo. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do these because of uh, a good friend of mine, Claudio Castanoli. He's Ricola Bomb. Okay. Oh well, well you know him as Cesaro. I, I, I keep forgetting you and I. We run in two different cliques. You know what I mean? We run in two different worlds. Yeah, we do. You know, it's you and the fat man, and me in the future. Oh man, I don't. The fat man likes me right now very much. I was uh, not talking very highly of his Alabama's Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't know I if know. you saw that little. Uh, well, I, little I got in there, battle we had going there on there. You. I got in there with you. You did. You jumped in there. You got in the in the fracas, as we will say. So anyway, anyway, it's good to see you, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that you're not feeling well. I I myself am not doing too well either, but uh, we're gonna press forward. <laughs> We're going to press forward. We're going to move on. Yes. It's a big and show tonight. Big show tonight. Who do we got on Future Stars now? We got the man that was trained in the Monster Factory from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Close enough. He's actually from the butthole of Wisconsin. His word's not mine. <laughs> the butthole of Wisconsin? Okay. Yeah, and we're not, we're not talking about Ken Anderson either. We got Mr. Jason Morgan. Jason Morgan. Come on in, Jason Morgan. How are you, buddy? How you doing, guys? <clears throat> We'd be better if uh, this cold and flu season was gone. My Dude, God. it's it's kicking my ass hardcore. I was just about to tell you guys, if I if I sound a little nasally, um, I do anyway, but it's it's pretty rough right now. I'm not going to lie to you. New Jersey's kicking my ass. <laughs> Joyzy! You're from Joyzy! I tell you what. Hey, hey. Hey, are you green and white? Or are you blue and white? What are you What are you feeling with football? Oh God, no, no, no! Green and white, green and gold, my dude. Green it's and green. gold, Packers, man. Oh, you're Packers? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Green and gold. Green and gold. How do you feel about that Aaron Rodgers situation? Before we get into pro wrestling, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers situation? He's getting a lot of heat. He's just so, doing what he's doing. <sighs> I am. Whoa, whoa, why are you sweating over there, Jason? So, <laughs> is it hot there? Uh, it's getting a little warm in here already. We've been on for a solid two minutes, and I got my sweat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I uh, a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, by the way. Um, I think he deserves more championships than he's gotten. Um, as far as his uh, view on vaccinations, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Uh all the luck to him. I mean, 
obviously you could see how they played without him last week and obviously how they played this week. Wait, wait, they actually played? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they actually uh, played without him? They I, tried. I, I'm going to say, I, I, I didn't think the team showed up. You're right, yeah. Uh, I think the coach took a schnooze as well, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so you're you're a big Packers fan. You like Aaron, but Aaron's choices in this situation might not necessarily be uh, the most desirable, we'll say. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, like I said, uh, everybody's kind of has their own opinion on that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm vaccinated. You know, once I can get the booster, I'm going to get the booster. Um, but I'm, you know, everybody's kind of entitled to their own opinion and their own decision. But sure. I mean, damn. Why not, right? <laughs> it's it's fr- it's free. A lot of people have gotten it. I mean, once again, like you said before, it, it's your choice. It's your body. However, I would rather roll the dice with that than roll the dice and probably end up feeling really bad if right. you get a case of this. Yeah, and my my big thing on that is is I would rather take those couple days of feeling like crap after the vaccination than taking a couple weeks and risking having something else happen. Really I'm with you. <laughs> and nowadays, if you're you know get the vaccination and you know you feel sick, you get paid to stay home and be sick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of places are not shy about the COVID bank anymore, which is phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping we can get those vaccination percentages up and get back to normal. Jesus. Yeah. No, I'm with you completely. They stuck my fat ass with that thing twice, and I'll give them a third shot if they want. Hell, I don't care. You know. Amen to that, brother. At the end of the day, gosh, I tell you what, I've been hit with so much crap. If I can find one way to avoid something on my list, I'm all for it because it seems like I teach. I get everything from these little dirty bastards. These kids, they are just germ-infected monsters, and they lick themselves, and, and these are middle schoolers. And I'm just thinking to myself, my God. I need this. Give this to me on a daily basis. Like Hulk inject me. Oh, hell yeah. If they, they almost have like a little patch that you can put on before you walk in the door. Right there. Just like an immunity blanket. Yes. You might have like a like a cough or a headache for like the first 15 minutes of the day. But as long as you're not going to catch whatever booger infested whatever's flying around, like I think you should be all right. Listen, I get a headache 15 minutes just looking at them. I mean, my <laughs> God. You kidding what, me? Uh, you said middle school? Middle school. I tell you what. Horde... Raging hormones with these kids. I mean, it's just like, holy cow. It's insane. There's curse words being written in the bathroom. TikTok stuff happening all over the place. It's a mess. They got it's some literal. pretty wild trends nowadays, let me tell you. As long as, hey, 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 as long as we're away from the Tide Pod situation, I'll take, I'll pretty much take whatever else. I just remember I was working at a Walgreens pharmacy um, a few years ago, and it was during the whole Tide Pod thing. And we actually had to start locking up the Tide Pods in the pharmacy because kids were going in and just like pusting the top open and reaching in and just eating, like taking like a handful of them. So we had to actually lock all of the Tide Pods in the back in the pharmacy. And if somebody needed some, they needed like a member from like the like retail team to come get them for them. Wow. How how did that become a, <laughs> how did that become a thing, dude? I don't know. I I like I don't even remember the original thing. Like, like who ate the first the, Tide Pod? But I, I I think and before that was bath salts. Eating Wait, bath what? salts. Bath salts were like a those are like a drug, aren't they? Yes. Bath pods are just people are dumb. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, bath salts are a whole drug, man. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a whole different situation. Holy crap, bath salts. <laughs> Holy shit, Rit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, it's just... And, and then what was that one TikTok video where, where they played that one song? Uh, Kiki, do you love me? And they got out of the car door while the car is still going. And everybody was getting ran over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I completely forgot about that you, one. That hey, you should have seen Freeland try that. Mike, see, see me do that. what? See me do what? Kiki, Kiki, do you love me? Then you find Kiki? Book down the road. Yeah, you, you sit there and, and you drive in your car, and while the song's playing, you get out of your car and dance mm-hmm. while the car's still going. Yeah. And then you get back in. I can't <laughs> bend over and tie my shoes without being out of breath. You think I'm going to get out of a motorized vehicle and dance? <laughs> oh, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, a lot of those a lot of those trends that they were starting, like, they had a, they had a lot of energy. They had a lot of time on their hands, first off. They needed to go find a hobby. Maybe do a car wheel or something. I don't know, but damn, they were sure getting crafty. This was from 2018, the Washington Post, really credible news source here. So it says uh, videos are circulating on social media showing kids biting into brightly colored liquid laundry detergent packets known as Tide Pods. They're also known to putting them in a frying pan and cooking them, then chewing them up before spewing the soap from their mouths. I see. Uh, yeah. Wow. Does it say what they do? Uh, what do you mean? Does what Tide does really to you when you ingest it? it? It's got to make you sick. It, yeah, it's not, I, I don't think it's going to kill you. I mean, unless you do like a large quantity of Tide. But I mean. Unless you do Tide. Just the way, <laughs> the way you said that was hilarious. Unless you do Tide. I mean, if you do that, I mean, I don't know if, if Gain do does tide, that to you. It's all on you, but. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, children like them because they're colorful and squishy and they smell good. They are highly attractive young children, but they are highly concentrated and are toxic. They are also a detergent. You don't say. I appreciate the fact that they had to put that on there. (laughs) During this whole Tide Pod thing, didn't, didn't you buy stock in them? Who, me? Yeah. You, hey, you're gotta, like, gotta make that money. Gotta make that money, man. I tell dude, you what, if they're dumb it, enough whatever to eat way, it, Whatever way you can get a bag, you might as well, man. Like, make that green. Hey. but I'm not a bandwagoner, but I mean, if it's going to make me a few bucks, you might as well. <laughs> Holy so, crap. Well, anyway. Enough, enough about that, Jason. So, professional wrestling, you're a big star. You're trained at the Monster Factory. Let's take a couple steps back. What got you in the professional wrestling itself? So, I mean, I just remember being like four or five years old. And there was one day, like I had, we had watched it on TV, but it wasn't anything that we watched like all the time. And I remember like seeing it one day and I was like, wow, like, that's kind of cool. Like just with the crowd reaction and everything, I was like, it would like kind of hook me. Um, and then my stepbrother at the time, he actually, he was a big wrestling fan um, before uh, my dad and my stepmom got together. Um, and all of a sudden he started like, he, he was kind of falling out of it. Like he wasn't really watching it as much as he had. And he had like a lot of like action figures and stuff. So he would give me all the ones that he would find. So I had just had like, this big collection of action figures. I had like Triple H and the Hardy Boys and, uh, Rikishi was one, Booker T was another. I had just had like a, this big, like this crate full of them. And then one day he came down with, um, Lita's like docu tape. It was a VHS. 
it was like Lita, and I think it was called It Just Feels Right. It was a pink tape, uh, and it had the her her beach, uh, one of her beach photo shoots on it. And dude, I think puberty hit me early. I'm not gonna lie to you. You're right. I was hooked, dude. I watched that tape like fifty thousand times. I swear to God, I'm surprised it wasn't wound around the inside of the VHS or the the. the hell were those called? VCRs. Those called? VCRs. Yes. Nail in the head. Uh, dude, I'm like, I'm not surprised it wasn't wound around the inside of there. Like, I watched it all the time. They had the. It was the TLC two match actually from uh, Mania Ooh. Seventeen that I remember watching, just being like. What is this? Like, why would, why, why am I hooked to this? What is happening? <clears throat> Lita smacking Dudley with the chair, taking the 3D. There was just so much happening in that match. And I was like, I like, I want to do that. Fast forward now. I mean, does a TLC match sound like my, you know, typical Tuesday? No, but <laughs> at the same time, if I had the opportunity, absolutely. I would jump in a TLC match. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was just, it got me hooked. And I was like, dude, like what, what is happening? Like I, I fell in love instantly. Um, it was one of those things where I was like, dude, like, I want to do this, but how everybody on TV was huge and massive. And, you know, the divas at the time, they were all hot and all the guys on there were either like, they were ripped or they had some sort of, they had some, some sort of look. Right. So it took me the longest time to realize, okay, I don't, you know, obviously I want to get there, but it, you don't need to be there to start, you know? So, um, yeah, just from there, I kind of, you know, went through, elementary and middle school and i was the weirdo that would show up with the jeff hardy armbands on to school and decked <laughs> out with the whole nine i'd have the the hardy boy shirt and i'd have the the necklace on and it was it was a whole thing um but yeah it, it was it was phenomenal i loved it and uh, i still love it just as much if not more now that i'm actually doing it so it's uh it's been pretty crazy <laughs> it's been a crazy uh crazy little time i've been in wrestling so far but it's it's phenomenal Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were doing your thing. I wasn't sure. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> so there's Same there's dude. a little signal gesture between us when we know who's gonna go. So okay, like the, like the pause. Yeah. So I thought you were giving me the Iggy, but you weren't. So that's cool. Whatever. Um. So let me ask you this, Jason. So you get to the point where you decide this is what you want to do. You fall in love with it. You're going through school. Um. At what point? does your family start to get the idea that this is more than just an infatuation that somehow there is some credence to what he's saying? You know what? Cause when you're younger, everyone says, well, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a baseball player. I want to be this. And your parents all go, okay, that's nice. But then as the years start to stack on mm-hmm. and you're still talking about it, is this something that they are embracing? Is this something that they're getting behind and going, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and do it. Are they saying, well, wait a minute. Let's get our education. Let's go to college. You know, what? what's their thoughts on the whole concept when they first hearing that there's a strong possibility that this is going to happen? Yeah. So I tried. I tried doing the, the typical after high school, go to college, get a degree, get a job, family, the whole nine, right? I made it t- two years in. To college, and I was like, "Dude, I can't, I can't keep doing this." Because um, in like at the end of middle school, going into high school, you know, girls football, I was in every sport possible and every club possible. Um, president of student council, president of my class, I was in Spanish club, FFA, like I was, I was in everything. Um, football captain, 
Um, Holy cow! Uh, basketball. You... I was in baseball. I wrestled oh, okay. for two years. Amateur. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't just glaze over these topics here. <laughs> you, the captain of the football team. Yeah. Okay. You, you should sit there and see his see some major of this, ass uh... right there. Hold on. Time out. Time the hell out. <laughs> captain of the football team. You, you. What other sports did you play? You said. Uh, so I played football. Football is like my main sport. Um, and I played basketball, but my junior year of high school, we adopted the dual sport rule. So you could play, uh, football and wrestle at the same time. You just kind of had to have a primary. And since I had been playing ba uh, basketball for so long, that was my primary. Um, but I was also able to wrestle amateur for junior and senior year. Um, so there was that, um, I played baseball for a little while. Baseball was way too boring and slow for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do the, the slowness of it. There was nothing really going on i get bored I, I was an outfielder and i would just sometimes zone out because i didn't know what's going on um i would do track for the first few weeks of spring just to kind of get back in shape um from the time between basketball and baseball um that was it for sports um but you were class president yeah i was class president um i was student council vice president my junior year and i was student council president my senior year um were you, were you okay this is this is just like hitting all the pay-per-views, okay? You hit every <laughs> major pay-per-view. If you tell me you were prom king, this shit's done. Nope, I actually wasn't on prom court. <laughs> I was not You were nominated? Court. I was not nominated. Um, I'm pretty sure because I was a bit of a dickhead. That probably didn't help my cause, but <laughs> nah, so that was the one thing that I wasn't on. I I, I I'm just dumbfounded here because I don't think I've ever had a chance to meet somebody who was like the head, the class president, the the captain of the football. I mean, okay, let's just be honest. Let's lay it out here. The ladies, not really hard getting a date on uh, Friday or Saturday night. Am I correct in that? You're correct. It wasn't that bad. Jeez. <laughs> I, had a girlfriend, Jeez. I had a girlfriend for a few years in high school, so I mean, that kind of put the kibosh on it. But I mean, college didn't do too bad either. <laughs> wow. So but you have a... I was going to say, Prima, if you get a chance, check out the highlight film that's on the internet. I'll, I'll just scroll on through a little bit. Not you, too shabby. You, have, you, you did so much. I mean, even before pro wrestling, you've already accomplished a lot. And so all these sports you've done, you are very good at a lot of them. You obviously have the charisma as well. Captain of the football team. You go off to college, you do two years of it, you decide, eh, eh, this ain't for me. So you decide to go ahead and, and what you called the Monster Factory? Was that the first place that you called and you said, hey, how does this whole stuff work? And who did you talk to? And how did that first initial conversation go? <laughs> so the, the story for that is actually really funny. And I'll start it. Um, I'll start it back. It was, uh, I kind of, I can almost remember the dates because it was a week before my 21st birthday. Uh, I think it was like, September 22nd of like 2019 or something. Um, I remember I had saw that I'd followed the monster factory for a while. And I followed Danny cage, our head coach. Um, just because when I was younger and I, I always was interested in like the ins and outs of it. It was at, once I got to a point where I was like, I was cool being a fan, but I wanted to know more. Like I wanted to know the ins and outs of it. So I was, I was one of those kids that was like 12, 13 years old looking up dirt sheets and stuff. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I would always see like 
top 10 professional wrestling schools in America. And I would always be on there. And the monster factory was always on there. And I was like, yo, like I got to figure out what is so crazy about this place. Like what is going on? Why did, why have so many names come from there? Why, why is it the East coast that seems to be, you know, with Madison square garden and everything over here? Like, like what is it about the East coast that attracts wrestling? So I kind of had to do some digging. Um, and it would, it would be just me, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., couldn't sleep, finished studying, and I would just be on there, like, scrolling, trying to figure out, like, who's come from there, like, what what about the Monster Factory is it that draws so much attention? Um, so that was kind of the the school that I always had thought about, right? Um, obviously, there were a couple different ones that kind of crossed my mind that were a little bit closer to home, um, but nothing with the credibility, nothing with the the name value. So I was kind of you know, I was at a point, I was dating this girl. Um, she was going to a college across the state. Um, and I just kind of was like, screw it. Like, I, I'm not, like, I'm happy, but I'm not happy. I'm getting stale. Um, I feel like I've kind of hit that point where it's either now or never. Um, I was just, I don't know, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. I was getting to the end of that year, and I was like, dude, like, I, I'm just drained. I'm tired. I'm not happy. I don't know what to do. And the Monster Factory was actually running a super camp that they do. Um, where they kind of just bring everybody in, um, let them kind of test the waters and see how they like it just for those couple of days. And then they had a show on that Saturday. So I hit up Danny Cage and I was like, hey, like, I'm thinking about, you know, coming down. Um, we know what do we got to do, this and that. And he's like, hey, just show up. We'll we'll run you through. We'll see how you like it, this and that. And we'll talk about, you know, getting you over here. So I show up. I drove 19 hours. This is... <laughs> This is the this is the interesting kicker to this. So I drove the 19 hours straight through, um, a lot of caffeine, um, lots and lots of caffeine. I didn't realize that there was a <laughs> exactly. Um, I didn't realize that there was a time change that my GPS didn't account for. It was only like an hour, but I mean, I was gonna try to nap an hour before I went in. I showed up and I had 45 minutes to get ready before I had to hit the ground running for the super camp in front of a lot of important people and I was like all right let's uh let's try our best here so we kind of got rolling it was real it was the very simple stuff um at first it was just a lot of rolls and a lot of I can kind of pick things up pretty pretty quickly so I would just kind of watch and try to mimic people's footwork and obviously with the sports that I played the the uh the footwork kind of helped um but yeah I mean I had people coming up to me and asking me where I trained beforehand um, you know, who, who my trainers were, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, I, dude, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever even really seen a ring up close because I didn't really go to a lot of live shows. So, um, they didn't really, I mean, they don't really run a lot in the Midwest anyway. <clears throat> so, I mean, I didn't really, I don't know. I just kind of went through it and I fell in love, dude. I didn't even take a bump that day. And I, I was like, this is it. Like I, I got to move here. I got to figure it out. I don't know what I got to do, who I got to talk to. I, I don't know what I got to do, but I need to do it. And finally, it was just when quarantine hit, uh, I was supposed to move uh, to New Jersey in March of 2020. The week before I was supposed to move is when we had our first lockdown. Wow. So I was like, okay, I guess we're not moving. So I had to put all those plans on hold. I was still living in my college town at the time. My lease was running up. I didn't have a job lined up anymore because I was going to move out here. Um I had already quit that job. COVID kind of shut it down anyway, but I had already quit the job that I was at. I was going to be moving out here and starting a different job and everything was going to be freaking honky dory. 
and then COVID hit and everything just kind of shut down. So I, it hit me a lot harder than I thought it was gonna, um, as far as just having so much hype into something and then it completely being shut down for something out of my control. Um, that really, really hit me hard. Um, I had to move back home. Uh, I was actually living with one of my friends for a while. Um, just because my parents weren't really expecting me to have to move back home either. They didn't really have the means for it. Um, but I mean, I just kind of, I had to kind of hit the ground running and I ended up picking up a job at the Red Cross um, and was uh, on their mobile team. So that kind of helped uh, get my finances back in order and <clears throat> kind of helped me try to get ready to get back out here. And every time we'd get close, the it would they'd shut it back down. We'd get close to, um, you know, with the mask mandates and the lockdowns and the inside restaurants and everything it it was just every time we'd get this close i'd be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna move in may i'm gonna move in september i'm gonna move in november every time i'd get close we'd get shut back down and finally i got to christmas and i was like if i don't leave by christmas i can't do it if i don't leave christmas week i can't do it there's not it's it's impossible that maybe this is a sign maybe this is you know somebody or something telling me i shouldn't do this and i got to christmas and i i don't know what it was i i didn't have anything packed i didn't have anything ready i didn't have i mean i had money but i didn't have you know the financial mindset to move across the country but the day after christmas i just told my parents i was like guys I said, I'm packing up my car and I'm going. And that's what wow. I did. I moved wow. out here. Um, I, uh, I met a couple people who had a room open um, in Winona, New Jersey. I moved in with them. Um, stayed there for a little bit while I got a new job over here situated. Um, I ended up having to move up to State College for a couple months, State College PA, um, and do a little bit of work there first. Um, but then I was finally able to move down here in March of this year. And finally start training. Dude, that was the longest. It was like a year and a half. And it felt like an eternity. Man, I just from being so captivated by something and having it this close so many times, it just, it, it killed me every time. I'd get so close and it would just be, I'd see another thing on the news about a spike in cases and this and that. And it was just, uh, it sucked. It really did suck. Um, but I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I finally got to move over here. Finally got to, finally got to just live my dream. <laughs> it's wild. Was there ever a point in time that you started thinking, maybe I shouldn't do this? You said before, sometimes you see signs, or maybe sometimes you start to rethink things. Was there ever a time during that period that you thought, okay, if I don't do this, then I'm going to have to do something else, or was it just, I have to, or I am literally going to be unhappy, miserable for a very long time for the foreseeable future, because there is nothing that can live up to that, that level of what I'm wanting. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I have a lot of aches and pains and stuff from sports for however many years. So sometimes I'd wake up and I would just be random. Like I'd have like my lower back would lock up and I'm like, dude, like how am I supposed to throw my body, you know, put my body through this for 15 or 10, 15, 20 years, however long I'm going to be here. Um, and on a daily, almost on a daily basis, you know, like it, you have those doubts, you have, you know, you see, you kind of see the signs <clears throat> here and there where you're like, okay, 
maybe I should give it up. Maybe, maybe this isn't it, you know, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to go back and finish college. Um, I mean, I was halfway done. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to do the, the nine to five. Maybe I'm supposed to, you know, get married and have the kids and live in a suburb with a white picket fence. And I mean, maybe that's still, maybe that'll be a thing years and years down the road. But the other problem that I was having is I couldn't see myself doing anything else. That was, that was the kicker was I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything else because I didn't want anything else. And I still don't want anything else. Like my, my shoot job now, kind of hate it. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I mean, it keeps, keeps lights on, keeps my apartment, you know, heated, <laughs> lets me, uh, lets me travel. So it's, yeah, I, I really can't see myself doing anything else, especially now, especially now that I got started and kind of have my, I'm starting to get my feet wet. I, I love it. I could never see myself doing anything else right now. So Jason, what was the biggest difference from the tryout that you had? to moving out there and now we're getting down to we're training every day you know your first bump what what was the biggest difference between the two uh just kind of this like how to structure your day um because i mean people look at a training's training you know but at the same time dude we we go hard <laughs> when when we have a training session it's it's it falls to the wall it, you know, some days we'll do, you know, promos, some days we'll do things like that. But let me tell you, our, our coaching staff, <laughs> they know how to put us through the ringer and they know how to challenge us. I, I really appreciate them. Uh, Danny Cage, he's, he's a phenomenal dude. Missy Sampson, she is a drill sergeant and a half and she is very scary when she gets angry every 37 <laughs> seconds. But Nah, she, I mean, she knows what she's talking about. She knows her stuff. Ricky Reyes, dude, uh, he was my first, he ran my first practice or our first training session. Scared shitless, man. He is intimidating. I I don't know why, I don't even know what it is about Ricky. As soon as you, you just walk in the room, he could say hello to you, but you could still know he'd beat your ass in seven <laughs> seconds. And when you got that much experience in the business, dude, I don't even, I didn't even want to look in his direction at first. He was trying to, you know, <laughs> talk to me and stuff, but I, had, I didn't want to be rude. So obviously I, I introduced myself and everything, shook his hand. I didn't want to make eye contact. I did make eye contact, but I didn't want to because I didn't know if he was going to stare into my soul or not. Uh, <laughs> but no, they're, they're all great. Um, the blue meanie, he's, uh, he's starting to come back and work with us a little bit. So love the meanie. Um, super excited to work with him. Uh, we all, and we always have guest coaches and seminars and this and that coming through, but I mean, yeah, uh, as far as, uh, what we did during that trial versus what we do now, not really, not really a big difference, except we don't have two rings anymore. <laughs> we, we got the one standard, but yeah, I mean, the rolls and the bumps and the, the drills and everything are pretty much the same. And I mean, he, Danny Cage says it about 12 times a week. I swear to God, repetition breeds habit. Now he's got Missy saying it even more. So we hear that term about a hundred times a week. I swear to God. Uh, but yeah, repetition breeds habit and they are not wrong. We, they drill fundamentals. They drill footwork. They drill um, lockups. Dude, I don't know how many lockups I did before I actually took a bump, but it's all beneficial. I, it's, it's amazing. Is there anybody in your training uh, group that you've actually really started to bond with or kind of started to develop a really good closeness in, in maybe bordering onto a friendship type of deal where you just find that you have these similar things in common? Is there anybody there that you've you've kind of connected with in that way? Uh, yeah, so obviously 
uh, moving here was was tough, you know, leaving my friends and my family and everything. Because I did just come here by myself. Nobody came with me. Um, and I, I had no idea who anybody was from the East Coast. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, there's three of us, uh, four of us, should I say, um, that really kind of gelled together real quick. Um, Westfield Kelly, he's a star already. I don't, I, it's just a matter of, it's not if he's going to get signed anywhere, it's when. Um, phenomenal dude. Brian Morris is literally, he's so crisp in everything he does. I am jealous, <laughs> actually. Uh, uh, Christian Rocco, he's another one. He's hes our little spaz, but we we love him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really the four of us that kind of, kind of mended real well. Um, I obviously you see it in wrestling, you see people, you know, they come and go real quick. Um, you know, you'll see somebody for two weeks and then you won't see them for another two years. Um, and when they had, when I came in, I kind of came in by myself, you know, sometimes they'll come in big groups. Um, so then you'll kind of be able to mesh with your group cause you're kind of progressing with, with a group of people. I didn't really have that. Um, I came in with, I think it was five of them and I was the only one that made it past week two. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're training elsewhere or if they, they couldn't handle it. I don't, I don't know that that's their own thing. Um, but yeah, so they kind of took me under their wing real quick. They're kind of the group that was before me. Um, so they're, they're going on, I'll probably say like a year, year and a half of training. Um, so they were the ones that I kind of clung to, to kind of, um, have them show me the ropes and kind of show me, um, you know, just how, how things work. Uh, but yeah, we're, that's kind of our travel group wherever we, whenever we all get booked somewhere, we'll make sure that we're, that's our, that's our car we take. Um, but yeah, it's, they're cool dudes. Then they, they all get it and they, uh, they're all real, just as hungry as I am. And I think that's, that's one of our main motivations there is it's, com it's uh, like friendly competition kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all in it for the same thing. And we all understand that, which is, which is the important part. Um, you know, when we, when we get, do get to wrestle each other, we, we like to make sure we, we know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're a good group there. I'm really fortunate, very fortunate that I got to, got to kind of click with them real quick. Um, and it's just kind of made this, it's, it's made the, the experience of, kind of breaking in um just that much more enjoyable uh we ha have a lot of fun um a lot of stories already i mean <laughs> we have road stories road stories are always phenomenal to hear and then like kind of having your own is it's completely different <laughs> so at what point do, do you graduate um we've heard different schools do different things when are you officially hey you're free go spread your wings and go do your thing is it kind of, does it vary, it sounds like, from program to program? And when did you get to the point where you were able to start taking bookings while you were still going through some training? Kind of talk us through that. So they, it's not necessarily like, a, we're going to bring you in. Here's the itinerary. In 12 weeks, you're graduated, you're out on your own. It's not like that. Um, how our, how our structure is, is it's once you're monster factory is, you know, as long as you're in good standings, as long as you're, you know, everything's good to go and you're still a good person at the end, um, you're, you're monster factory for life. And I mean, we, we have this thing where Danny's got these posters, right. Of all the, the graduate, the ones who get the guys who get signed, um, to various promotions, whatever. Uh, 
And that's kind of our, that's kind of our, you've made it is if you made the poster and then he's got a wall of pictures of all different kind of different, you know, wrestlers and, you know, personalities, things like that, that have come through the monster factory. And if you can make the wall, that's kind of the, you made it. That's it. It doesn't say you made it, but if you're on the wall, that's, that's, that's huge. It's a known uh, thing. Yeah. Absolutely. If this, if this was mafia, you'd be a made man. Right. Right. If, if, if you, if, if you make the wall, that's, that's, that's a lot. So um, that's everybody's, that's everybody's factory goal is to make the wall, make the poster and make the wall. Um, but yeah, I mean, some, like I said, some people catch on, you know, bam, bam, bam. Some people, I mean, it just takes a little bit. It takes time. Um, I understand, you know, they, they use the term wrestling is for everybody. Pro wrestling is for everyone. Pro wrestling is for everyone, but pro wrestling might not be for everyone. You know, um, it's just there. There's a spot for every. There, there could be a spot for everybody. Just maybe not. Maybe not a spot. <laughs> you you had mentioned earlier before that there's different um, guest speakers who come in and they'll talk. And obviously, Meany is somebody who comes in. Um, I do know that Matt Riddle also had gone through Monster Factory as well, and and he is not only accomplished pro wrestler, but an accomplished MMA fighter as well, which is a whole nother level of, and that's why I have so much respect for people like Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle and uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas and, and, and people who, like yourself, who have actually done multiple things, not just pro wrestling, but you understand what it takes to excel and to succeed in multiple genres of sports um was there anybody else who you know you really gravitated to where you really got a good message from them when they came in to speak to you guys oh boy that's a good one um so the <clears throat> uh, brutal bob evans um he he had come in and kind of did he did a seminar with us and it brutal bob evans has a very he has a different style, okay? Um, and it was one of those things where I had, up until that point, I hadn't really worked around that style before. Um, and it was it was very eye-opening for me. Um, and it was very, I, I learned so much from him that day. Just just the way we would we would do different things. Like, you, you kind of learn your bread and butter, you know, you know, lock up, headlock, you know, things like that. You, you go through like a full international, things like that. But he would just add so many layers to it that I had never even thought of doing. Like it was just, it was just mind blowing to me. And I was like, oh my God, like that'd be that'd be phenomenal. And he just he would break things down. We'd do something and we'd stop and he'd be like, okay, so you have the arm. What if you switch? And he, we would just we would do different things. And it was it was just mind blowing to me how to to see it broken down. Like you see it all the time. Everybody has their own flavor. And it was it was just one of those flavors that I had not really worked with yet, or kind of seen up close and personal. And for him to break it down like that, I was just, it was crazy to me. Um, but yeah, he was he was one that I learned a lot from. Uh, Bob Evans, him and uh, him and Tim Hughes are are working the tag team circuit right now. <laughs> I actually got to work with Tim uh, a couple weeks ago on a show. He was he's a dork. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you mentioned before, you know, not everybody who does something turns out to be a great coach. 
you know, you, you look at people like Michael Jordan or you look at somebody like a, a Tiger Woods or you look at somebody like a LeBron James. And I'm just throwing these out as examples of people who have excelled very high at their field, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they can connect with people and they can get the message across. However, when you do find somebody who does excel at what they do and they're able to get the point across to students or people who are breaking into the business and they're able to understand and digest it, that's got to be a great feeling because not only do you have respect for them on a professional level, but you also get the fact that they actually have a way to communicate this stuff. And that's what I'm always fascinated with. People who are really, really good at explaining and breaking things down, allowing you to have that aha moment. And it sounds like you know it was really good having that with Bob Evans. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we, we kind of get all walks of life. It, it's but not just in the monster factory but like the east coast wrestling in general i mean it's it's on fire right now it really is um the indie scene over here is phenomenal it's crazy um but like i said sometimes you don't you don't get to experience a different style or you don't you you kind of you kind of you know see independent wrestlers and you see kind of everybody doing their own thing, but it's all the same basics, right? It was just crazy to me to see those basics taken to a completely different level that I had never gotten to experience before. Um, so it was, it's really, it was really eye-opening on how, how small and how easy it can be to just make this into this, you know? And it, I'm very fortunate so far. Um, with the coaches that we have, they, they have kind of seen all walks of life. I mean, Ricky Reyes, dude's been wrestling for 20 plus years. Missy Sampson, she's been in the, she's been everywhere. She's all up the East coast, everywhere. She, her stories, man, crazy, crazy stories. She tells, um, and then you got Danny cage. I mean, he, the dude's a networking genius. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. You know, sometimes he can come off as an asshole. Sorry, Dan. But, I mean, the dude knows. <laughs> he, you, you can't deny the success he's had. You really can't. And, I mean, with with we just had uh, uh, Sammy. He just got signed as a referee to the WWE. He's working on NXT now. And it was all because of a phone call. It, it all started with, I mean, shouldn't say all because of a phone call. It started with just a phone call. And, I mean, man, like, it. it the kid's talented and everything, but Dan, man, he just, he, he has a way of, of just making magic out of insanity. Like it's, it's crazy to me how he works. And it's like I said, dude's a sergeant, but man, he's, he's got a good heart. He's, he looks out for each and every one of us. And I, I don't know what I do without him. One last thing I want to squeeze in here just really quickly is, you know, when you were talking about different styles, so how does a young Jason Morgan decide how you are going to develop your own repertoire? How do you determine, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take a little bit of this from this person. I'm going to take a little bit of this from this person and then meld it into something that is uniquely yours. So how did that process happen? And who were some people who influenced maybe some of your um, strategies and tactics in the ring? It was kind of a trial and error thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. So I obviously when I when I had come here, I I lost. So from 
June 2020 until now, I lost 110 pounds, right? I Holy knew cow. That I, needed, I knew that I needed to get in some sort of shape. I knew that because from football and everything, I kept my lineman weight on the whole time. And I was like, dude, I'm too slow. Like, this isn't going to look good. Like, I'm not tall enough to be a big man. And I'm not, you know, I'm not short enough to run with the luchadors or run with the cruiserweights. I said, like, so I'm going to have to find a happy medium. So I, I dropped, yeah, 110. Um, and I just, I had to realize I couldn't, I couldn't get myself out of the big man mentality. I thought I needed to do power throws and suplexes and, you know, slams and this and that. And I it finally, one day I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go up to the top rope. So I went up top and I was like, this is kind of interesting. And we brought out a crash pad and brought out a tackle dummy. And I was throwing top rope elbow drops. And I was like, huh, this is kind of cool. So then I was like, well, what about a senton? So we were just kind of incorporating sentons. And I was like, okay, let's try, you know, a lucha arm drag. And we were going up, you know, jumping top, slingshot over. And it was, I was like, okay, have I, have I used anything like that yet? Not really. Not really. Haven't really needed to. But I can. <laughs> um, but nah, it's it's still like I like to use my strength. I think I like to think that I'm pretty strong. Um, so I still do a lot of a lot of suplexes, a lot of slams. The Spinebuster's been my favorite lately. Um, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's phenomenal. I I kind of chipped off his body check there. Love that thing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I like to I like to keep it interesting with a mix of like power moves, but also being able to show off my athleticism and my speed. And being able to hit some of those quicker flips and throws and things like that. Um, so I, I like to think it's a unique blend. I don't really have that one set, like, aggressive or, you know, tactical or submissive, you know, anything like that. Um, I like to keep it, it varies. It really does. And it all depends on kind of on my opponent, too. If I'm going to be up against a big guy, I'm going to have to use my speed. If I'm going to be, you know, wrestling with the cruiserweight or a middleweight, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to kind of keep up with that as well. So it's all, I, I. I like to think that my tool belt's growing excessively. So <laughs> there's so much more meat on the bone here. Um, so many more things I would love to get in with you if, if we can do a part two with you at some point, because so many fascinating questions, so many interesting things that you've brought up so far uh, in this interview. And I know people who are going to listen to this are going to have a lot of things to take away. And I am just, I can feel your passion for this and I can tell. So I am, I'm totally committed into this. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to the writ who's got uh, what we like to refer to as the SAT, the ACT of uh, uh, the bar exam, if you will, of questions we ask pro wrestlers. So you guys realize that I hate standardized tests, right? You threw out so many standardized tests there. I'm kind of a dick, I know. Ah, all right, all right, let's do this. I haven't taken a standardized test since probably 2017, so let's uh, let's refresh this. Well, before we start this, I just want to let you know, you, you combined two things that I thought of earlier today. You said you, uh, you had dropped 110 pounds. Well, I dropped $110 the last time I was at Bob Evans, the restaurant, <laughs> not the guy. So I find that you and I have a little six degrees of Kevin Bacon going right oh, there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, that's that's chemistry right there. I mean, yes, we were talking about we were talking about signs earlier. That's a sign. That's right. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Ritzer, hit him right here with the question. Hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. Get yeah. your trunks on. You can go back in the time 
to any wrestling match in history, take somebody out and put you in the match. What match is it and why? That's such a loaded question. Wow. Okay. We've had so many answers. And oh my some God. of us are like, okay, that's the usual. Some of us are like, whoa, we never thought of it that way. Huh. Wow. You really guys are really making me think here. Um, any time, any genre, any era, any decade, any pay-per-view. Sure. Think of some of your favorite matches and then say, you know what, you jabron, you're out, I'm in, I'm going to make this a Meltzer five-star. Ooh, a Meltzer five-star. Oof. I'm a big Meltzer tough. Brian Alvarez guy, so I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> Huge we're not Brian gonna, Alvarez. We're not going to get into that. We don't have enough time. Um, That's part two, my friend. That'll be part two, three, and four, buddy. We got to we gotta have some time. We got to have some time. Just to let you know, these five stars don't got to be in the Tokyo Dome either, where apparently that's the only place you can do one. That's hey, if you ever been to I Tokyo been Dome? To, I haven't been to Tokyo. Yet. You have to go to Tokyo. You have to go to Tokyo. And you that's have on to my bucket list. Matches. That's a bucket list, absolutely. There you go. Um, Tokyo and Germany. Germany, I really, for whatever reason, I'm really drawn to Germany. I don't know why, but Oktoberfest. In lacrosse in my college town, uh, we did have the biggest Oktoberfest celebration in America. So that was a thing. Um, Smart town you go from. Absolutely. Damn. All right. Here's the question. Don't don't avoid it here. Damn it. Damn it. I was trying to trying to diverge. No. Um, So why is it Trish you're taking out and it's going to be you and Lita in a bra and panties match? Oh, of course it would. But I would just here's. (laughs) Ah, I see what you did there. Um, damn, y'all really, y'all really got me on this one. Um, I mean, if we really wanted to go back like that, I mean, shit, I'd take out, let's say, uh, we'll take Christian out of the TLC two match uh, from like 17. I like it. Yeah. Cause that's, that's kind of where it all started for me. Um, that's, that would be, that'd be wild. <laughs> First off, Mania 17 is one of my, one of my favorite manias anyway. Um, you know, the crowd, the, everything about Mania 17 and that, that time, uh, in wrestling was just phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it gives it's a TLC. Me, it's goosebumps. It's goosebumps, man. Just thinking about it, but, uh, it's a good pick. Absolutely. No one has said Mania 17 yet before. We should record all of the answers. We, we, do a comp like a comp. We need to do yeah, a compilation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which one was the one where Ed Spear Jeff? That was yeah. That was 17. Someone yeah. else said they wanted to be Edge for that moment. Can't remember who though. Well, we're gonna have to look yeah, them up because party. they're gonna be teaming up with Jason Morgan now. So well, Jason. It was great having you on. Tell everybody where they can hit you up on social media, buy your merch, upcoming shows. The floor is yours. Yeah. So uh, Twitter is. <laughs> we still got we still got shoot names rolling around here, um, <laughs> which is uh, yeah yeah through through of everybody off a little bit. Um, but yeah, the Twitter handle is at Jordan Kellyer underscore. Uh, that's K E A L I H E R. Uh, Instagram, same thing, Jordan Kelly or underscore. You can find me on Facebook with the same name. 
Uh, actually, this Saturday at the Monster Factory, we have our yearly Turkey Slam. Uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy, crazy little night. We have uh, it's actually Team Danny Cage versus Team Missy Sampson, and it's gonna be for control of the Monster Factory. Um, Danny, uh, Danny lost his mind. Actually, I think he might have lost it this time, um, and has kind of been a douche lately. Um, and uh, Missy kind of kind of stood her ground and said, "Listen, dude, you get a team together. I'll get a team together, and whoever whoever can get over." Uh, are you Are you guys allowed to blade? What's that? Are you guys allowed to blade? Are we allowed to blade? No, no. Just get color. No. Would you let someone hardway you? It depends on the sitch, man. I mean, damn. I mean, if Blue Meanie came up to me and said, "Hey, brother, I need you to, I need you to take it the hard way," I'd say ten ways to Sunday, absolutely. Yes. But I mean, if we're if we're doing a training match, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd be be too too keen on that. But uh, I guess ne- I guess they do say never say never, never say never in pro wrestling, right? This is true. It is so good to get a chance to talk to you. We're so excited. It's awesome to hear about your journey so far into the world of pro wrestling. And I know there's, like I said before, there's so many more things I'd like to get to. Uh, Finding out more about you as a person as well. And so we can obviously have our audience begin to follow you and get to know you and your story as you continue to excel each and every phase that you're at. It's a pleasure. We can't wait to get a chance to talk to you. And we will definitely talk to you down the road, my friend. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. I enjoyed that tremendously. It it seems like every time, every time we have somebody from Future Stars now on, it's the passion and the determination. Oh, yeah. Is the biggest thing we get out of them. Absolutely. And I think the thing that I really liked about this one, and and obviously, like we said before, you guys, this is only going to be part one, um, was the fact that he was willing to change his entire life you know, leave behind family, friends, significant other, and just say, hey, this is what I got to do, you know? And to go the day after Christmas, pack up your car and, you know, drive 19 hours, 20 hours to this area that you've never been to before, but just because you have a feeling, you have a gut feeling that this is what your calling is in life. I, I don't know what that feels like. I cannot honestly sit here and tell you that I've had that before. Um, but some people do, and it's those people that say, this is what I'm going to do and come hell or high water. It's going to happen. Are your successful people? They are your successful people because they do not let, let doubt crawl into their mind. And they say, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And I like it. I like it a lot. I'm digging this guy. This guy's a good dude. And, uh, For everyone listening, please go ahead and follow. Buy his merchandise. Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. And find out where you can go and see him because I guarantee it is definitely going to be a journey that's going to be worth watching. Yeah. So, Mike, another one in the books? Another one in the books. Future stars now. Look, the Ritster is hitting home runs right here. He is getting the best stars right now, the people that are going to be the Rocks, the Austins, the Hogans. Because these guys are what is going to be the next 20, 30 years of pro wrestling. We are talking to them now. And uh, it's going to be a wild journey. But once again, that's what you get on Future Stars Now. That's what you get each and every Friday night. Well, he is Freeland. I'm the Rit. Tune in next Tuesday for FRM Pod. Take care.